You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 78, with Ryan Mickler. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. Aloha, Men of Abundance. This is Wally Carmichael, your host of Men of Abundance. And this week, you're getting two and a half episodes. (laughs) You're actually going to get two full episodes. Today, you're going to hear the conversation between myself and Ryan Mickler from Order of Man. And we have a real candid conversation about what it means to be a man. Then on Thursday, you get a chance to listen in on a conversation between myself and David McLean. In that conversation, David shares how he completely changed his life by cutting fast food out of his life and why he's getting invited to travel around and speak about his story. Really interesting stuff. Then on Friday, I'm going to try something new out. I'm going to start doing a five-minute Aloha Friday short podcast, just some thoughts that I've had throughout the week. And this first one is going to be something, a very, very important message that is going to be going out specifically to one of you listeners out there. And you'll know more about it when you hear the podcast, when you hear the episode. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure you subscribe to Men of Abundance. You can do that on whatever podcast listener or podcast player it is that you're using. If you're listening to this right now on the website, just scroll down underneath the podcast player and you'll see all of the options you have to subscribe to the show. That way, every time a new episode is posted, You'll get notified and you can listen to it right on whatever device it is that you prefer listening to the show on. Again, I truly, truly appreciate everything that you guys do out there as far as being engaged. I love the engagement. That's the reason why I do this, so that I can have engagement and bring all of us men together so that we can have these conversations. Don't let it be just a one-way conversation. Don't just listen. Get your word heard. Get your information out there. Get your questions asked. And you can do that at our Facebook page. You can either do that at our Facebook page or you can comment underneath the podcast if you're listening on the website at menofabundance.com. And if you are on Facebook and you like to communicate on Facebook, you can get in our exclusive group by going to menofabundance.com. At the top it says members only. Click on that. Read through that little tiny bit of information that I have there and then click on join the community. I'll give you access as long as you look like you have a legitimate Facebook account. Now let me tell you a little bit about our featured guest today. First off, I'll say Ryan is a fellow veteran and I've been following him for, I don't know, about six or seven months now over at Order of Man on his podcast, Order of Man, and on his Facebook page. He's got some really good stuff going on, definitely worth following and paying attention to. So Ryan Mickler is a husband, father, Iraqi combat veteran, and the founder of Order of Man, as I already mentioned. Ryan grew up without a permanent father figure and has seen firsthand how a lack of strong, ambitious, self-sufficient men has impacted society today. He believes many of the world's most complicated problems could be solved if men everywhere learned how to be better husbands, fathers, businessmen, and community leaders. I 100% agree. 
It has now become his life's mission to help men across the planet step more fully into their roles as protectors, providers, and presiders over themselves, their families, their business, and their communities. As I already mentioned, you can find Ryan blogging and podcasting at Order of Man, where he is working to help men become all they were meant to be. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, what's going on? Like we were talking before the show, I've been following you, you know that, for quite a while over at your Facebook group, and we're going to talk more about that here in a minute. But where are you at in the world? Where where am I? Like, where am I physically located? Where are you physically at, man? I am in southern Utah. Been all up around that area, but I haven't spent a whole lot of time down there. Right on. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. If you ever make it, let me know. It is, actually. I know. I've, I've got some high school friends that actually live down there now, and uh, they're always showing pictures throughout the year. I kind of dig it. It's really nice. Yeah, for sure. So before we get too much into into the show, as everybody knows, I really like to start out the program basically the same way I start pretty much every single morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, Ryan? Oh man, I've got I've got a ton to be grateful. In fact, my uh, this weekend we celebrated my oldest. He's nine years old. We celebrated his birthday this weekend, and so grateful certainly for him, and grateful certainly for the rest of my children. I've got four of them and my wife, and man, we've got a full house, but. Uh, those uh, those people, those human beings are the, the most important people in my life, so I'm really grateful for them. You do, man. you got a full house, and I see you posting the stuff on Facebook and whatnot, and I really dig. You guys are crazy, man. You just have so much fun together, and it's very <laughs> apparent that it's as real as it can possibly be. I really dig it. Yeah, yeah, we try to have fun. Sometimes it's a little crazy and a little hectic, but uh, between sports and everything else that, we go on, that we've got going on, it's certainly a lot, but uh, definitely worth it. Yeah, but that's his life. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, no, that's just how it goes. Exactly. You know, we talked a little bit about what you're doing and what you have going on, but here at Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So I'd really like for, you know, hear a little bit more of your story and kind of get into your background a little bit. And, you know, we're going to get into that kick in the gut moment here in a second. I know you've got a few of them, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about you. So let's get a little bit personal. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, we we go all the way back to the time I was three. I'm not going to bore you with a lot of details, but I really didn't have a... Uh, male role model growing up and so I floundered you know as I got married and as I had kids I really floundered and struggled for a long time and uh, that's actually part of the catalyst I mean it was the darkest time of my life when my wife and I went through a separation eight years ago and and a near divorce it was the darkest time of my life but I I wouldn't trade that for the world looking back at it now because it was really the catalyst for growth in my life and I, I I hate to say that we do need to hit rock bottom but sometimes I think men just need to be shaken, for lack of a better term, out of the reality they find themselves in. We get stuck in these ruts all the time, and that's certainly where I was. And so I was walking around like a robot and a zombie trying to figure things out. My business wasn't going good, and my relationship obviously was on uh, struggling as well. Uh, but I went to work on myself, and I really started to figure out how to get this thing figured out and started to bridge the gap between what I knew I wanted and where I currently was. And so I started surrounding myself with good people and reading books and listening to CDs. I mean, we were very, very early stages of podcasting. So I wasn't listening to a lot of podcasts at that point. But uh, yeah, about uh, almost, let's see, just two years ago, as of this recording, two years ago is on Friday is when we launched Order of Man, which was designed to help men become better men in some areas that I had struggled with for a long time and I'm certainly still working towards those things but it's been a cool ride and that's that's where we are now two years later is impacting millions of men across the planet with some of those same things that I struggled with yeah I really dig it and I appreciate you sharing that about your marriage and everything because men the the thing that I get out of this conversation we've had so far is you know you so many men do reach rock bottom but some guys don't realize where they're at 
they think everything's going great. Their spouse doesn't think so. And then you wonder why she up and left. And many times, in my experience, and I've seen this many times, 25 years of, you know, in the Army, a lot of deployments, a lot of things, but not just guys in the Army, just guys in all walks of life, because there's many vocations out there that take you out of the house. And that's kind of our escape. And you don't realize how things are going at home. I don't know what the specifics were. I do remember you telling that story, Ryan, before. I just don't remember all the specifics. The point is, is you found a way to improve yourself. You got around the right type of people many men I'm sure and then from that you just basically turned that message that kind of a mess into your message and realized that other men need this as well yeah definitely I mean we all go through stories right we all have our own baggage we all have things that we're dealing with but I think it's it's rare to find somebody who's willing to share it and so we walk around with these little plastic smiles on and pretend all is going well when in all reality all of us are struggling in one form or another uh, but I think the uh, the courageous men out there are the ones who are willing to share some of their story is uh, personally damning I guess for lack of a better term it might be but I think we can really be the catalyst for growth in other people's lives and so I see these guys walking around floundering wondering what they're going to do for their career and wondering how to lead their families and I think the first part of that is is start with truth and be real with where you are who you are how you've behaved all the things that you've done up to this point or the things you haven't done that have got you to where you are right now and that's not a that's not an easy task it's not easy to look in the mirror and say I'm inadequate it's not easy to look in the mirror and say I don't have things figured out or I've messed this thing up but that is really the foundational uh, principle for growth in any element of your life whether that's improving your fitness and getting rid of that spare tire or trying to improve your relationship or your love life or trying to connect with kids I mean this is the foundation for all of that what do you think holds most men back from revealing that and sharing that story with other people other men well i think it's fear right because the reality is is that if we have to go out and say i don't have this figured out or i'm not doing what i should be doing or what i know i can be doing we potentially face uh, ridicule we face rejection we face obstacles and trials and heartache and people mocking and everything else that comes along with that uh, potential failure potential relationship losses and you know, it's funny, I was having a conversation with my wife and in-laws just the other day, I think it was yesterday, in fact, and they were talking about some of the negativity that I've received, which is, is very small relative to the amount of support that I've received, but it's still there and visible. Mm-hmm. And my mother-in-law said it great. She says, you know, it's just part of the deal when you put yourself out there. And so there is an element of fear and what will people think or what will people say when I go out and do this and, and I expose myself this way. So that, that's part of it. The other part of it is the fear that comes with knowing that it's all on you, right? So if I'm not doing what I need to be doing within my relationship and the relationship's struggling, if I'm willing to admit that it's my fault, that a large part of why our relationship isn't working out is on my shoulders, that means I need to do work. And heaven forbid I change trajectory or I actually start working or improving myself or getting out of the habits that I've literally built for almost four decades now in my life. I think it's it's a difficult thing to change. And when we face the truth, then we're facing the reality that we might actually need to change ourselves. Excellent. Absolutely correct. And, and I, I 100% agree with that. And you provide what I dig about what you're doing is you, you're providing a safe playground for these men to go and have these conversations. Now, once in a while, somebody gets in there and starts, you know, pushing some buttons. And really, there's a couple, you know, you always got trolls everywhere. But you do a really good job about controlling a lot of those folks. You recently put a post up there about that specifically. 
talking about you know how we're going to react how, how we are and how you are in that group and how everybody acts in the group there's no bullies there's nobody in there to just just be there if you're going to push buttons have a reason to do it have a purpose uh, and the purpose should be to help somebody else grow and to help yourself grow for that matter not to just go in there and just push buttons just to because you can Right. I mean, that that's the reality of the Internet, right, is that we have these key keypad warriors, keyboard warriors who can literally type in whatever they want. But if you ran into that person at the bar or wherever it may be, they'd never say anything that that they say on Facebook of course not. to you in person. And mm-hmm. it's, it's frustrating to see. And so we try to do a pretty good job moderating that. But I do I do want to be very careful with using the term safe space because I think that has a negative connotation. And, and certainly I would not consider it a safe place. I consider it an opportunity for guys to have conversations that we need to have free from uh, maybe judgment or free from what society may say is right or wrong. This is a collection of men a society of men having real conversations. So I think guys obviously communicate in a different way than women do. And so for me to be able to get in somebody's face without being an asshole about it, but get in their face and say, hey, here's what you're not seeing. Here's the blind spot that you don't recognize. I think that's important. Uh, but there's too many people who are, number one, overly sensitive. on That's on one end of the spectrum. And number two, that are just jerks for the sake of being jerks it's it's unreal to me and so we're really trying to create a higher caliber more uh a man of substance i mean that's that's what we're trying to create and uh it's difficult because society shies away from that it really is and you bring up a very good point in relation to society and the way things are taken safe space for instance safe space means something completely different than when i was growing up and the community that i was in we knew as we were traveling around the world, we always knew where we had safe houses. We had safe mm-hmm. places to, to reside to, to, to retreat to or to, you know, advance to. <laughs> so when I use that term, you're absolutely correct. Safe house, safe space, it's completely different now because of where we've gone and the way society has kind of taken some of the terms and um, and kind of, you know, made it their own, I guess. So, yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you. In that context, I do not want to refer to your community as a safe space. That is for sure. Yeah, no, I just, and I know you didn't mean it that way. I just want to make sure I clarify that right. we, we, aren't, we aren't going to be overly sensitive of each other's feelings either and not have the real conversations that need to be had. And that's right. what we see in society today is everybody's so, so emotional and, and everybody's so uh, just, scared of what to say and sensitive that they can't even have a real conversation and it's no wonder we don't see any real progress in societies because everybody's afraid to have a conversation out of fear of what someone might think or say about them or believe about them it's crazy it's ridiculous right absolutely i mean it goes and i and i 100 percent agree with you again it, it goes down to something as simple as me holding the door for a woman which i in fact i will step in front of a woman if she's in front of me to get to the door open the door and then if you know if she's somebody that i know or work with i'll say oh you look nice today and some will take that as you know next thing i know i'm standing in hr you know getting a sexual harassment complaint against me because you know whatever it's like come on man let's freaking be real about this crap you know yeah yeah exactly that's just what i was brought up you know it really is so anybody who is doing anything in life they're moving forward. They're going to have those kick in the gut moments. They're really going to get kicked down to their knees and they're going to feel it. So I would like for you to share one of those stories with us and make us feel that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I kind of highlighted one of those. And, and, and the biggest situation for me was when my wife and I went through that separation. Um, I remember getting into an argument one evening. I don't remember what the argument was about. I just remember saying that I didn't want to be married anymore. I specifically remember those words. And she agreed. She said the same thing uh, and, and left, unfortunately, the next morning. And for a long time, I blamed her. You know, how could you do this? Why was she being disloyal? Uh, why wasn't she doing the good th- the things that a, a good wife should do? And so I put a lot of the responsibility on her. And I know as, as people hear me talk about this, I've heard guys say, well, some of it probably is her fault. And this and that. It's like, yeah, that, that might be true. But I came to the realization that there's nothing that I can do to control her or any other person. And I think a lot of men these days walk around thinking that they can control people or they can control every external factor that they may, may face. And the reality is, is that the only thing that we can control is ourselves. And so I remember the road I was on. I remember the cross street that I was on thinking to myself, this marriage of mine might be over, unfortunately. And I had to come to that realization. But I was going to at that point become the man that I needed to be the man that I wanted to be and I was going to become a great catch for either her my wife at the time or the next woman to come into my life and that's really where I started working on myself which is what I alluded to earlier and the catalyst for for change in my life excellent what did you discover about yourself at that time that you felt needed some adjustment and some growth yeah, I mean, patience was a big thing of mine. Um, it, it, you know, anytime you bring another person into a relationship and they have their own set of, of cultures and experiences and backgrounds and beliefs, and it doesn't jive with with yours, I think that's difficult. Uh, expectations was another one. I think we we have a tendency to uh, miss the expectations or the the what it's going to take to make a marriage work or what it's going to take to make a business work. And because we don't meet our expectations, what happens? We get frustrated. And because I was frustrated, I'd had no outlet for myself. And that was the biggest thing for me. And and I think a lot of guys fall into this trap is they have no outlet for themselves. And so what they do is they end up giving all their time and energy and emotion and resources to their wife or to their kids uh, or to their work. And then what ends up happening is because we've never taken time for ourselves, then we we explode right and we end up making this big impact on negative impact on the people around us so i really went to work on myself trying to figure out how i could coordinate and balance the relationship that i had with her the relationship i had with my one-year-old son how i could how i could work and do all of these things and yet stand on my own two feet independent of her and i think when a man gets to the point where he does not need the woman in his life not to be confused with does not want, okay? I did want her, but the fact that I did not need her in my life made our relationship so much better. And she would say the same thing. She doesn't need me. She wants me in her life, but she doesn't need me there. And uh, that's a powerful position for both of us to be in. That's interesting that you say that and having many conversations with men as well and seeing just watching relationships from a distance, you know, it's kind of neat to watch him from, I'm, I'm a people person, people watcher anyway. And I watch these relationships and I listen to them and I see what's going on from the outside. And a lot of guys, they have that independence, but as soon as their wife has that independence, and one of the greatest ones I see all the time, and it's very unfortunate and I have these conversations with guys that I know that are comfortable to have this conversation if I care enough about them, is the guys out running around on his wife but I say, what would you do if that was your wife doing that to you? Oh, hell, you know, that's not right. Well, then, you know, why would you do it to her? 
And right. it's the same thing with the independence. It's not as bad as, you know, cheating on your wife or something. But if you know that you need this independence, then so does your wife. So why would you hold her back from feeling that way? Exactly. Yeah, it happens all the time. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I was in on this um, retreat one time. My wife and I went on this retreat, and the guy that was re- leading the retreat, he went up on the board. He said, I want everybody to write on the board, you know, what you feel. And we had these little boards at our desk. It wasn't you didn't go up there and write it, and you, you would reveal it later. What do you feel, what percentage do you think there should be in a relationship, like between you and your spouse? And a lot of people wrote like 50, 50, 80, 20, all this kind of stuff. And his answer was, and I personally agree with it, is 100% zero. And the way he took that was was that you have to put in 100% effort into the relationship and expect nothing back. And you're going to get something back if your spouse or your partner loves you that much and they want to be vested in the, in the relationship as well. But... You have to be willing to put in 100% without expecting anything in, in return. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah, you're right because we do talk about 50-50 all the time and why you know she needs to put in her share and you need to put in your share. And that's true. I mean, there's certainly both of you have to be willing to commit. But if you're trying to even, – even the fact that you're measuring percentages is kind of an, a fascinating thing. Like mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm only going to put 50 if she puts 50. And if she does this, then I'm going to do this. It's like it's not a tit-for-tat type thing. It's like you – you put all of it in because that's what you agreed to do. Like when you said, I do, you agreed that I will invest as much energy and attention and focus and all of my resources as possible on you. And your wife did the same thing. And so for you to short yourself on that or short her on that is a recipe for disaster. And that's obviously the point that, that we came to in our marriage. Exactly. And congr- congratulations on that too because that's a huge milestone to overcome and then when you guys met that milestone or when you personally felt you were at that point to where you were making progress in your own life not just in your marriage but your relationship with your kids and your vocation everything you had going on what kind of made you think at that point that and feel that well now it's time for me to pay it forward and kind of you know open this up to other men and have these conversations with other men how did that whole thing transition into order of man yeah so it's really an interesting thing because as I started to talk a little bit more about my experience and what I had gone through, it was really fascinating to hear how many men that I had conversations with that actually went through something very similar. Either they were on the verge of a divorce or going through a separation or they had already been divorced. They were on their, their second or third marriage. I talked with a lot of guys who didn't have a male role model growing up. And so I heard these same stories over and over and over again. And I was following some different websites and some different uh, blogs and some different CDs like I was telling you about. And uh, there's some great information out there. But I felt like, man, I've really got something to share because I saw there was a huge gap between the information that was available and what guys were actually doing. So you can find as much information as you want, but how do you apply this stuff? And why is it that we don't do the things that we already know we should be doing? And so my goal as I started Order Man was really to bridge that gap between all of the information out there and now how do we walk across that bridge and utilize that information in our lives? And so that was the catalyst for growth and start of Order of Man. And like I said, two years later, we've really really grown and it's a testament to the power of men taking action and actually doing something rather than talking about doing it. 
Yeah, and you have a lot of very good interaction in your group as well, and some guys are sharing some really amazing stuff. But aside of your Facebook group and you have your podcast where you're talking to successful men in their own right of various walks of life, you've also got a private group, a a, a, um, a council that you've mm-hmm. built of men. And how did you get that started, and how's that going? Yeah, so... As like I said, we started in March of 2015. We started Order of Man, and I am a financial advisor by trade. So we were actually doing. I, I was. I say we. My wife and I were actually managing, running the financial planning practice, uh, and then I was doing Order of Man on the side. But what ended up happening is that I ended up taking so much more time and energy and focus and direction and attention on Order of Man. And my wife came up to me one day, and I remember this conversation. She said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm really glad that you're doing Order of Man. I'm really glad that you're happy and fulfilled and satisfied, and it's engaging work to you. But you're kind of neglecting at this point the practice, and that's impacting the the family income, the resources that we need. And she stays at home with our kids. Mm-hmm. So she basically said, "Look, you probably ought to scale back on Order of Man and ramp up the financial planning practice." Or you need to find a way to make money, and so I wasn't I wasn't about to scale back. If anything, I was ready to ramp up, and so I thought to myself, "Yeah, she's right. I need to turn this into a business. What's going to be valuable?" And I had heard a podcast or a blog or something that had said, you know, uh, either a membership site might work or start a course, and so I decided to launch a course, and it was a 12-week program. I made it available for 12 guys, and as soon as I did, we filled that up in a matter of days, and we went for about eight weeks. And I realized these guys really enjoy this. They want to continue the conversation. And that's when we launched in January of 2016, the full-blown version of the Iron Council, which is what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's really taken off. You know, we've got 265 or so members in that group, and we're having some incredible conversations. The very first person to join that course that I initially started is still a member of the Iron Council. It's just an incredible experience to be around guys who are very motivated about improving their lives. It is. I, I know it is. I'm a member of a couple other various groups of men, mostly men. One of them is kind of mixed because it's teaching skills and stuff like that. But when it comes to mm-hmm. men's groups, look, guys, I say this all the time. We absolutely have to get around other men to to grow and we have to learn from each other that's not to say we don't have anything to learn from women because lord knows we have a lot to learn from women but we just have to have those man conversations there's we it's absolutely paramount and i what you're doing with the iron council is just simply amazing and i absolutely love it every time i hear about it. i'm just already in so many other groups and you know i've got so much stuff going on i can't spread myself too thin yeah well you got to be effective for sure yeah, thank you. Thank you. Before we pay it forward, I would love for you to share, I know you got many, but I'd love for you to share at least one good news story about what you have going on, either from the Iron Council or from the podcast or even the Facebook group. Yeah, you know, gosh, there's so it's hard to pull out and extract just one example. Um, you know, we've got so many guys within Order of Men and Iron Council who are getting job promotions, they're starting new businesses, they're losing weight. Uh, one of the cool things that we had just did, uh, this was a couple of weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had six or seven of us within the Iron Council went and ran a Spartan race. And so a couple of these guys had only run one race before, and we had challenged them to run a race before, and then we'd do this one together. And so for all of us to head to uh, Las Vegas and and participate in the Spartan race and do this together and see the guys compete and, and, and see us all 
uh, do something that you know is a difficult challenge and do that together was a pretty exciting exciting thing so we're doing we're doing a lot of cool stuff and that's just a small example i dig it man it's really cool so we're gonna pay it forward you ready to do that ryan i'm ready excellent so give men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today Wow, that's okay. So let's see. The first thing I would suggest is that you find a system for planning out your day. I don't think there's enough guys out there who are actually planning the way that are going to implement and execute throughout the day. And what I see is a lot of guys are just kind of haphazardly with their schedule. So I would suggest number one is plan out the day. Uh, number two, Two, I think if you can take time throughout your day for reflection, I think that's critical. Like we get so, so busy and we don't even realize where the time went. And you look back at the end of the day and you're like, man, I knew I know I was busy, but what did I actually get done? So I think step number two is to find little incremental steps within your day for margin and space to think about if you're still on the right track. And if you are, great, move forward. If you're not, then maybe you ought to re-examine what it is you're doing. Uh, step number three is what I would refer to as an after action review. And it's it's five very simple questions that everybody should be asking at the end of every engagement, encounter, conversation, day, activity, exercise, project, whatever it may be. And those five questions, number one is what did I do well? Or excuse me, what did I get done? That's what it is. What did I get done? Number two, what didn't I get done that I would have liked to have? Uh, number three, what did I do well? Number four, what didn't I do so well? And number five, how am I going to improve moving forward? So those are the three actionable steps that I give any anybody uh, who, who wants to succeed a little bit more in life. Excellent. I really appreciate you sharing that. And man, there are tools out there that will that kind of line all this stuff out. And you can go out and get those tools or you can just simply write that down every single day. Now, Ryan, you have a tool. You have a, um, a booklet, right? I'd like for you to mention that. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, that was one of the things that I use in my life, which is I, I had mentioned it. That's the first step is planning out your day. And one of the things that we had put together is actually I, I incorporated and I took my daily planner and I distilled it down to one page and then I put it in a leather bound journal notebook. And it's got 52 pages of this one plan in there. So it's a weekly planner and it's literally for the entire year. Um, and and we've, we've really gone through a ton of them and guys are using these and they're posting pictures and how they're using it. It's pretty cool. But you can find those at orderofman.com slash battle planner. That's what we call it, the battle plan. So it's orderofman.com slash battle planner. Excellent. I'll have all that linked up in the show notes. Right on, yeah. Yeah, too easy, man. You already mentioned some of your daily habits in the in the actionable steps, but what other daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life? Well, exercise is huge for me. I mean, if I, I, I know and I can feel a difference in the way that I execute my day if I don't go exercise. And, you know, when I exercise, I'm tired and I'm a little bit sore, but my mental capacity and, and clarity for what I want to accomplish is that much greater. And then also the discipline it requires to succeed throughout the rest of your day because the very first thing I did was wake up and fight the alarm clock and the snooze button and gravity of getting me out of bed and driving into the gym and actually going through the, the workout. And so I'm setting myself up for a successful rest of the day. And another one is meditation. Uh, this is something that I resisted for a long, long time, but it's certainly been helpful in my life as I've incorporated this. And it just gives me some focus and some clarity and some drive and energy and passion moving forward. And, and I've actually started to get a lot more into this. So we've been experimenting with meditation 
you know, but outside of that, I spend a lot of time reading. I read a ton of books. Um, and, and, and one thing I'm trying to incorporate more is actually read fiction books. I've always read nonfiction, self-help, um, books on masculinity, which makes sense. But fiction uh, has been a pretty good outlet for me lately as well. So those are those are a handful, two or three different things that I do in my day that uh, help determine and define the way my day is going to go. Excellent. I dig it. And I love the fact that you pointed out that the first victory is fighting your alarm clock. And for me, it's the partially the alarm clock. Usually I wake up before the alarm clock, but the fight is getting out of that warm bed out from, you know, beside my, my wife and <laughs> going and getting it done. That's the first victory. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what are you reading or listening to right now that you would recommend to our abundant leaders and why? Mm, yeah, good good question. So again, I talked to you about um, incorporating more fiction into my life. And mm -hmm. so with regards to what I listen to uh, podcast-wise is one that I started listening to was Lore. That's a podcast. Uh, that's that's actually a really good podcast and has nothing to do with self-help, which is a good avenue for me because I think a lot of people consume so much self-help information that they just get overwhelmed. Uh, another one that I listen to is Star Talk Radio, which is really good because I, I – I like thinking about physics and the universe and everything else, and that allows me to think differently than I would normally think on a daily basis. I'm trying to give you ones that not everybody would say. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you are. <laughs> That's cool. And how do you how do you pronounce or how do you spell that first one? Uh, oh, so lore, L-O-R-E, lore, like folklore. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll check that out yeah. because I get the same way. I'll be honest, you know. I'm the same as you, exactly. I very seldom, I think the last real fiction book I read was probably Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. I think before that was maybe The Outsiders in high school. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Anything else is either literally before the internet, encyclopedias, I, I absolutely loved because it was, you know, it was stuff I could, you know, real stuff I could grasp onto. Lately, my wife is just big into novels and stuff, so she's always like, you need to read more novels, and it does improve your vocabulary for sure. Yeah, well, not only your vocabulary, but the way you think about things. Like, there's only so much new information. Uh, the only difference between the way that you might approach something and the way I might approach something that might be a similar topic is the way that we say it. But if you start incorporating these other fictional or these novels or getting information that you normally wouldn't consume it from, I think you really start to create some different patterns about the way that you think about things. And it makes you very unique. I think if you look at the self-help industry in general, we all start to sound alike and get watered down because we're all consuming the exact information. So I think it is important, although I'm only starting to incorporate this in my life, is to find different sources of information so you can start looking at and thinking about things differently than you normally would. Well, you bring up a very good point there, and Tracy and I were, my wife Tracy, were just having a conversation this weekend, and I made a comment, you know, jokingly, that I find it hard to trust people or trust their opinions of people of who don't own a passport, meaning they haven't uh. been outside the United States or been to other countries, and she said, well, that's not entirely accurate, because for people who are well-read, who read a lot of books, and not necessarily study other people, but they do travel in their mind. And she reminded me of something that I always say, you know, women are like this, man. They always remember this stuff. And she said, you know, you always say the mind knows no difference between imagination and reality. And mm, it's so yeah. true. And I said, dang, you dang woman. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love her so much, man. I've been with her for 24 years, but she brings up a good point. So guys, it's, if you want to travel, you know, and you want to learn more, and you want to get into other societies and stuff, books really are the way to do it and not just, you know, get into those novels and those good books out there. Absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Good. Excellent. Yeah. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Ryan? You know, that's a really good question. For me, it's about autonomy. It's about doing what I want, when I want to do it, why I want to do it, how I want to do it. It's about having total control over my life. And so that requires a lot of resources. It requires financial, uh, intellectual, spiritual. It requires so many different resources. And so I think we get that through some of the things that we've talked about here. But I think at the end of the day, if you have ultimate control over what you're doing and how you're spending your time, uh, you're going to live more abundantly. You're going to live more fulfilled and you're definitely going to have more satisfaction in your life. Agreed. I absolutely love it. So we're getting ready to close this up and I'm going to ask you to share a parting piece of guidance in any other way that we can get in contact with you other than the websites we've already shared and everything. But guys, I want you to understand something. And I get asked this question offline once in a while and they're like, dude, why are you having guys on the show that are doing the same thing you're doing? I said, look, man, I am a man of abundance. I literally believe that there is more than enough to go around for everybody the problem is, is there's so much greed out there. And actually, let me restate that. There's a little bit of greed out there, but the little bit of greed is highlighted to where people believe that there's not enough to go around. Because we see, even we even learn in school, we learn from kid, you know, the the kid stories and stuff like that, like um, the Grinch or uh, what is this, the the Christmas Carol. Where, mm. you know, the, the rich man is the evil man and he's taken everything and he won't give anything to anybody else. Those stories are so popular because it's rare. It's not the truth. So my point in saying that is, is Ryan and I are on a similar path. We are, have similar things going on in our lives and we're doing everything that we can to help other men get to where they want to be in life. The biggest difference that I can see between Ryan and I is he's got that big ass awesome beard. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't this grow one. This is true. <laughs> but I've tried. I've tried. And, and I just didn't dig it anyway. But I dig it, man. But we, we, as you can tell by our conversation here, Ryan and I, we think a lot alike. We're on the same mission. And it's all about who you resonate with. So we're, I'm linking up all of his information in the show notes. I want you to go check out his podcast, check out his Facebook group, get into his Iron Council, whatever you feel you need to do. And don't feel like you're cheating on me, man, because it's all going to the same place. Yeah, man, I appreciate that attitude. And that's certainly true. You know, I look at the amount of men that are in our, you know, quote unquote community. And although I feel like it's a lot of guys, it isn't a sliver of a fraction of 1% of the men out there who are looking for this type of information. So mm -hmm. uh, the the pie is not finite. Um, it's it's infinite. And the things that we can create with each other is, is definitely powerful. So I'm on board with what you just said. 100%. Cool. So we're going to close this up. And before we do, leave us with a parting piece of guidance. And other than orderofman.com, leave us with anything, any other way that we can get in contact with you, man. Yeah, you bet. So as far as you know, parting advice, I think we covered it. Uh, but the one thing that I would just reiterate is the taking action part. I think everybody has a great idea. I think there's a lot of guys out there who are sitting on their next quote unquote million dollar idea. Uh, but you can't make a million dollars off an idea. Like it takes action and it takes you moving forward and it takes you doing some work and putting yourself out there. So I, I always suggest that somebody move forward before they're ready with whatever that means. If that means saying I love you to your wife, if that means asking that woman on a date, if that means starting that business or asking for a raise or starting in the gym, I don't know what that looks like for you, but just get started because you're never going to experience the results unless you do. Uh, as far as the way uh, connecting with me, obviously, like you said, orderman.com. That's our headquarters. We've got a lot of information over there. You can also check out our Facebook group if you're interested. I don't even know if you're you're there or not, but uh, the Facebook group is literally 
25,000 guys over there, I think just under that, uh, having some incredible, incredible conversations. And that's at facebook.com slash groups slash order of man. Yeah, I am in there. I don't comment a whole lot. Um, I, I read through everything and I do once in a while, you know, I'm liking stuff here and there and I'm, I did make a comment this morning. You had a guy who posted in there this morning and honestly, I don't even remember what the subject was, but I felt compelled to, uh, lift that guy up. Uh, it was an amazing conversation that got started there. So right on. Appreciate sharing. Well, too easy, man. Really good stuff. And I really enjoyed this conversation. I knew I would. And, uh, I look forward to, you know, pushing this out to the world and letting everybody, uh, more men find you uh, either on Facebook or and and at your website, man. Right on. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care, Ryan. Aloha. You too. All right, Abundant Leaders. That's all I have for you today. I hope you got a lot out of that conversation. I certainly did. And I would love to have the conversation with you. So make sure you get into our Facebook group and make sure you subscribe to Men of Abundance so that you don't miss the next episode coming up on Thursday and our very first 5-Minute Aloha Friday this Friday. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.